Warning. This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoof Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And you're now tuned into the Viewers Anonymous podcast. What's going on with you, brother? Same old shit, different day, man. But uh, things looking good, looking up. Just uh, excited to be back in the lab, man, doing another pod for the people, man, because we got a great one today. But how you feeling? Oh, man, I'm feeling amazing. I, uh... <clears throat> I'm kind of sorry, man, because um, Monday was supposed to be a pretty decent day. It was supposed to be a little bit warmer. You know, Sunday it was it warmed up for the Easter holiday. And then, um, man, we get outside and it starts snowing. What? Yeah, it was snowing on Monday. And then today it was a little cold, but it just, like, kind of warmed up a little bit. So I don't know what the fuck going on here in Ohio. I'm, uh, I'm at my wit's end. With the weather right now, I'm just uh, I, I don't know what to do anymore, man. <laughs> I honestly don't. Hey, same here, man. Uh, Easter Sunday, you know, I had the shorts on, mm-hmm. short sleeve shirt, no jacket all day. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, went to work, it rained for like the first like three, four hours while I was working, Damn. and cold as hell. Like, yeah. I'm talking about like, I had to keep my hoodie on all day. And, like, usually down here, it get about, you know what I'm saying, 10, 10, 30. Start coming out the jacket, you know, start heating up. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, I literally have to check. I'm pretty sure you got to deal with the same, but I, mm-hmm. I have to check the weather every morning. Every morning? See like, yeah, like, what am I wearing today? Oh, uh, no. See, I, che- I got to check the weather in the morning and at 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Cause see, like I said, it is snow. It it, it snowed on Monday, right? It yeah. snowed up until about like eleven, and then when we left out, it was almost like fifty degrees. Yo, that's crazy, man. So yeah, I feel you. I get. I definitely get up and check the weather in the morning, but around twelve o'clock, I look right back at it and see, you know, what's about to happen. Yeah, it's a uh, man. It seems like it's happening everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. I listen to I listen to Ebro them in the morning, and they was talking about how crazy the weather been. Like yeah. up there in New York, man, it's just like they're like, yo, like it's it's about to be May, and they're they're still talking like it's winter here. That's like still. same here, same here. And I'm like, that's yo, what it's feeling like, like is, man. I'm, like, is, I'm used to April showers. That's what I'm saying. Like it is, it is crazy out here, man. Like, and I said this before, I say it again. If y'all don't believe in global warming, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know they like to use it as a political thing and all this type of stuff, but it's just like, yo, you just got to look at what's going on. I mean, you got ice glaciers breaking off mm-hmm. and then all the green shit. It's just like, come on, man. Some, something's going on. It got, you know I mean? something, something is definitely happening. Yo, and I'm, I'm being honest with you. The, the way the weather is just in general, like ain't none of this shit normal. The fact that it's snowing in April, bro, and I mean, like, it ain't, it wasn't like no light snow. Like, nigga, that shit was piling up. 
Like we, then, we like, got close to an inch of snow. And then like I've been telling you, dude, like we're we're getting like tornadoes mm-hmm. like every year now. It's not mm-hmm. like one or two, like we're getting a few. Remember, we did a podcast about like two, three weeks ago, I told you. Mm-hmm. Um probably like probably maybe 20 minutes from here, 15, 20 minutes from here, like a tornado hit ground and damaged, I think it was like 12, 12 it was either 12 to 18 houses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They said like four or five of them were total. Yeah. It's like, yo, like, I used to hear about tornadoes. You always think about the Midwest, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Kansas and yeah, we, you know, we all get them, stuff up in there. We get them uh, um, a lot out here, like in the suburb area. Like, um, I want to say it was last, no, not last year, the year before last, it hit like super bad. It hit like super, super bad. Um, no, I take that back. It was 19. 2019 because 2020 was the COVID year, but um, yeah, 2019 man, it hit bad. It hit it hit like it got like super close to where it never hits, bro. And I mean like it hit places we ain't never seen no tornado hit. So I I I'm with you on that shit, man. This weather is getting crazy, man. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. But man, oh, um, man. I, I'm I'm be honest with you, man. I've been, you know what I'm saying, super excited because I've been seeing these trailers jumping out. You know what I'm saying? We got some mm-hmm. great movies coming out soon. Um shows also. Yeah, shows too. You know what I'm saying? To name a few as far as the movie side, you know, Thor's uh just got released. Uh I'm not sure if Doctor Strange is out. I think you said it was, but I will, I ain't sure if it is or it isn't, but I know they released a the trailer for that and then you know what I'm saying, so I'm excited to see that. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, Love, Death, and Robots season three got announced. Stranger Things, you know what I'm saying, got announced. So, you know what I'm saying? It's a bunch of new stuff coming out that we're gonna have to get on and uh get to talking about with the people, man. So, I'm excited to see what's gonna, especially with Stranger Things, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's such a, a good show to me now that like, they like really older, like they had their teenage years and shit. Like, this is really mm-hmm. gonna be good to me. And then um, with Love, Death, and Robots, if anybody hasn't seen that, it's like a, um, it's like Black Mirror, but it kind of got like animation in it and everything else. So it, it's a, it's along that uh, line of Black Mirror, just with a nice little twist on it. And man, that show is dope as hell. It's on Netflix if you guys want to check it out. But that shit is fire, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to correct one thing for the people. Uh, Doctor Strange come out May six. So. May six. Okay. Yeah, May six. But uh, yeah, man, I've been I've been on. Um, that was one of those shows that I usually don't jump on the hype train. Mm-hmm. But like when it first first came out, about like mm-hmm. four years ago, whatever it was, I I jumped in early, man, and I was like, "Yo, this show is dope as fuck, man." Um, yeah. And the, and those those kids, man, who are I mean, they ain't really kids no more. Like I saw the other day, like I follow a lot of. You know Netflix stuff and yeah. you know what I mean stuff like that. The one girl, uh, the redheaded girl that was in, um, mm-hmm. that it, was in, um, she wasn't it, wasn't she? No, yeah. no, 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 no. The redhead girl that was in Fear Street. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she's in Stranger Things. Yo, she oh, just really? turned. T- she, yeah, she just turned twenty. They, they don't look like it at all, bro. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, am I reading this right? I was like, 20s. I mean, but you know, but it's crazy, bro, because Hollywood always seems to find like these grown ass people, bro, that look like little ass kids. Yeah, 
it's, it's like the same way with like Euphoria and stuff. Like these are supposed mm-hmm. to be high school students, but like like Zendaya, Zendaya like twenty four, twenty five. Bro, she, she been she been 17. she been a child star for like <laughs> for like seventeen years, bro. <laughs> Oh, for real shit. She's been a child star for like 17 years. I remember like maybe like four or five years back, nigga, she was on the Disney Channel. Yeah. My daughter used to watch that shit, man. Like, so she's been, she's definitely been doing, she's been getting that bag. That's one thing I said about her. She's been getting that bag. She's definitely getting that bag. And I never personally watched the show, but I know like my youngest son watches it a lot. Mm-hmm. But the man, did you see they brought iCarly back? Mm-mm. Yeah, they got it. They brought it back. I think on, um, I think Nick it's Lillian? on Paramount Plus. I think. Oh, okay. But okay. I just thought that it was funny that they brought that show back. Like my, um, my youngest. Son, Is it the same like, people? Yeah, but they didn't bring the blonde girl back. She didn't come back. Um, but she's doing her own thing. I think she's like directing and shit now. Shit, the but, the the iCarly chick is fucking. Almost thirty, yeah. That's, That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like watch that shit like crazy. Yeah, man, my son he watches it. Like he he's big into uh, iCarly, mm-hmm. um, Sam and Cat. He loved that shit. Yeah. Um, it was another one of those Nickelodeon show. Like he he watched the teenage like yeah. Nickelodeon show. Sam, like, he didn't Sam watch the kids. The, the Sam chick is the 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 blonde the blonde one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember her. Yeah. Yeah, because she was in iCarly. She started in iCarly, mm-hmm. and then they created Sam and Cat. iCarly was Ariana ahead of Grande. his time, though. iCarly was way ahead of his time. Well, like I say, from, from like, I go in there and sit with him and stuff, and I see mm-hmm. a little bit of it. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying She was, a, she was a, uh, uh, like, a YouTube star. Yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah and they couldn't use they couldn't use the 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 the, the, the iPhone Apple, so, yeah. so they would use like an actual Apple with no bite taken out of it. Yeah, it was funny. That shit was was super. Uh, that shit was super ahead of its time because like now you got motherfuckers that's really on that shit. So that that always cracked me up going back and think about that. Like damn, like she was really a fucking you know what I'm saying social media star. That was yeah. crazy. She definitely was, because that's what mm-hmm. they was doing. They 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 was doing shows on the internet. Yep. Yep. Yes, Look sir. at it now. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers are doing the same thing in real life, man. Yep. Shit. So um today is the day, man. You know what I'm saying? Today we give um we give flowers, you know what I'm saying? We pay homage to um a legend, um director, screenwriter. Um, producer. Uh, what else? What else is he, man? Shit, an icon. Um, that he is. Yep. You know, what I'm saying a fucking just a oh uh, an editor, man. Don't don't forget about that, man. He started out uh editing films. Yeah, actually, editor. Man. Um, I mean, he's just he's one of those people who had uh, an actor also. You know, what I'm saying I forgot about yep. that. But you know what I'm saying? He's just pretty much done it all, man. Um Helen from New York, born November 17, 1942. Um, you know what I'm saying? Graduating from New York University, man. We're talking about the one and only, the great Martin Scorsese. Um 
so so this dude is one of those people that I heard about my first time ever hearing about Scorsese was uh in rap music. You know what I'm saying? Jay-Z used to say his name a lot. And I never knew who the fuck he was talking about. And I'm like, who the fuck is Martin Scorsese? But then I start hearing other rappers say his name too. And I'm like, who the fuck is Martin Scorsese? So, you know what I'm saying? You get to watching all these movies like Goodfellas and, you know what I'm saying, Godfathers and uh, The Departed and Aviator and, you know what I'm saying, The Gangs in New York and all these other movies that's, you know what I'm saying, being created with all these great actors. And come to find out that this is the guy behind all of these films. You know what I'm saying? He's the mastermind behind all of these projects. And it was shocking because, like, I remember one time I actually seen him on film before I actually knew who he was. And then when I finally, you know what I'm saying, looked him up and seen him, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this dude before he was in that one movie. So I'm thinking that he was just an actor. And then, you know, so like I said, later on, come to find out he's actually, like, you know what I'm saying? The producer or the director or the screenwriter or whatever. And um, you know what I'm saying? It's it's amazing just to see his work and the people that he works with. You know what I'm saying? Like the people that he's working with are legends in their own right. So, you know what I'm saying, for him to be able to, you know what I'm saying, get these people's uh get these people early and get these people in these films before, you know what I'm saying, they really got a chance to well, not, I don't want to say get it got a chance, but before they really blew up, you know what I'm saying? That just kind of goes to show his foresight, you know what I'm saying, and who he is, like being able to have these people in these roles and everything else. And I know a lot of that has to do with casting, of course, but just the fact that, you know what I'm saying, directors and everything else also have to be able to um, okay, you know what I'm saying, the choices of casting. So, you know what I'm saying, what's, what's your initial, you know what I'm saying, um, impressions of Martin Scorsese, you know what I'm saying? The first time you heard about him, so on and so forth. Uh, well, I mean, the first time I didn't hear, I saw his work before I actually heard about him. Um, I think when when you look at the IMDb, like the first movie that I saw <clears throat> of Martin Scorsese would have been, um, I don't remember which order, but it had to be either Casino or Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And and I just remember watching the movies, uh, fell in love with the movies. I thought that they was really good. And that's when I really realized that I had like a, uh, a fascination with that life. You know, that's why I do like those, those series, the little series thing that I do on the 28 Minutes or Less where I like, you know, take like a drug dealer or something like that. Like I'm kind of like, kind of like how people are fascinated with like serial killers and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been fascinated with his life and Martin does a really good job at doing these movies. And so when I first started really paying attention to like directors and producers and shit like that, then I started to realize like, yo, like this Martin Scorsese dude, like this dude, this dude is different. And like, and when you look at some of the things you know that he had done, like you know, you mentioned that you know he uh, graduated from from New York University School of Film, mm-hmm. and um, and then like he won a, you know a few a few uh, prize winning short films like The Big Slave, um, I Call You First. But then this is another thing I didn't I, I didn't know this. He served as 
a assistant director and editor of the documentary Woodstock in 1970. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that. And then what really put Martin Scorsese on was um, he won he got some acclaim for the movie Mean Streets that came out in 73. Mm -hmm. And see, he had Robert De Niro in there. And him and Robert De Niro formed this this relationship and and I think that he was now you also got to realize we're talking about the 70s mm-hmm. so and look I was born in 85 so if this happened before y'all I'm sorry but like I feel like this was that that first like dynamic duo that other directors kind of seen the chemistry that him and Robert De Niro had and mm-hmm. people start doing it later on you know, mm-hmm. i.e. when you start thinking about Denzel Washington and Spike Lee, yep. you know, they keep continuing to work with each other. You look at Christopher Nolan, you know, he continues to work with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. And, you know, when you look at uh, your boy, uh, Tarantino and Sam Jackson. Tarantino, Sam Jackson. So <clears throat> I think a lot of people started taking that, but I think that when you start working with a certain director, like you kind of, I think it's a whole lot easier in that room when you're going over the script because you already know what they want. They already know what you bring. So that relationship makes it very easy and the success that they had when they came to Mean Street and then Mean Street really kind of put him, I mean, he was on the map, but he wasn't like that guy yet. And I think what really, really took it over the top was when he did Taxi Driver with Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. And, and Robert De Niro, that's when he really like became that guy. And then, you know, he ended up winning for a Raging Bull. But like, what are, what are your thoughts on, and are there any other people that you know that have like these relationships with director, actor, where they keep continuously work for a person? And like, what are your thoughts on Robert De Niro and Scorsese continues to work with each other. I mean, um, the only other director actor relationship I could think of off bat would probably be like Tyler Perry and Cicely Tyson. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like she always, she definitely makes those appearances. Well, she was making those appearances in a lot of Tyler Perry movies. Um, but that relationship between Scorsese and De Niro, it, it, it was just one of those things to where you can kind of sense that they saw something in each other, right? Like, because this is a young De Niro. This is a young Scorsese. Um, he's had a few, you know, so like he had a few movies already. And then with De Niro, um, I'm not sure if this was his first movie or if he's like been in a couple joints before that, but just the fact that you know, you can get that type of, you know, so like you can get that type of relationship from a few films, you know what I mean? Like to turn um, Taxi Driver and Mean Streets into The Godfather and then to turn that into... Well, he didn't do The Godfather. I mean, not The Godfather, Goodfellas. I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, Thanks for that. Um... But to turn that into Goodfellas, and then to turn Goodfellas into Casino, and then to turn Casino into 
the departed and then turn the departed into the Irish. You know what I'm saying? Like just mm-hmm. even though it's not the same, you know, same people in those movies, of course, but just that line of movies that he's done, right? Like he, of course, you know what I'm saying? As far as mafia movie goes, he's he's the king of the mafia movie. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never I don't think we'll get a better mafia movie out of anybody like we do Scorsese. And mm-hmm. it's like he can he can do the same story over and over again, but but somehow it'll feel new every time. And then you get a guy like De Niro and he could play the same character in the mafia movie over mm-hmm. and over again, but it'll feel new every time. Like Ace in in Casino is is like we've seen Robert De Niro in this role already. He's the he's the cool, laid back guy who, you know what I'm saying, is basically put in charge of everything and they let him run shit and he gets the special treatment. That's the that's the only character he plays in mafia movies. We already know that. True. And then, and, <clears throat> and you said you said somehow it feels different. Mm-hmm. I think I got an answer for that somehow. So I'm watching this thing that he put together um, where he he filmed his parents. Mm-hmm. And so that was in his parents' house. And he just basically just wants them to just, you know, to just you know talk about the upbringing, all the yeah. type shit. And the answer to that somehow is his attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Like the the way that he wants things to be like he wants it down like to a T. For instance, when you look at Goodfellas and when you look at um what was the other movie that they portrayed it in? They portrayed it in another movie where um so you remember how in Goodfellas when when old dude was making um the meatballs and the sauce and kept talking about you gotta stir the sauce, you gotta stir the mm-hmm. sauce. So in that in that um and that thing that when he was kind of like interviewing his parents, like his mom, that he had his mom actually make like spaghetti and like and do the sauce. And she would, they were sitting there talking. She was like, I, I, she was like, I gotta go, I gotta go stir the sauce. Like she gets mm-hmm. up, she stirred the sauce, and then she talked about like how she did the meatballs and talked about how you make the meatballs moist and all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. So he actually used like his mom, yeah, and like and and like that was he, and he put that in the films, right, and. And also, the the woman that plays Joe Pesci's mom, mm-hmm. it's not his mom, but like, dude, like that lady is his mom. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it, it yeah. wasn't his mom, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the, the type of glasses yeah. she wore, the way she wore her hair, all mm-hmm. that stuff. It was like I think that's just all older Italian ladies, though. True, but like. <laughs> But it it it's just like like his his attention to detail, man. But like uh, of like how he wants stuff. Like it is just I I can't think. I mean, there's other directors that do. Don't get me wrong. It's like everybody pay attention to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I think, but like you said, like Scorsese can do really like the same movie, but it's yeah. different every time. I mean, but but in the, in the sense, like he's done the same movie 
over yeah. and fucking over again. Like, there's no difference between if you really think if you break it down to the to the simplicity, there's no difference between Goodfellas, there's no difference between Casino, there's no difference between the departed. Any of these mafia movies that he's done, there's yeah, no the difference Irishman. in them. Yeah, yeah. The Irishman is there, there's no difference in them. It's just it's a different story. You know what I'm yep. saying? It's, it's, it all has the same foundation. It's a different story, and it's usually the same guys. But the only difference is, is that somehow, some way, they find a way to make it feel like it's totally new. It's like if you watch Goodfellas and then you watch Casino back to back, even though you, th- it's, you it's, think it's continuously running, <laughs> it 100%. But we know it's a different movie. We know 100% that it's a different movie. And then, like, even with, even with, you know what I'm saying? Him playing Sam Rothstein in, in Casino, it doesn't feel like the character he plays in, in Goodfellas. But but it does at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It it is. And Martin and he knows his pocket. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm not mad at it. I feel like if you master something, mm-hmm. I'm not mad that you continue to do the same thing. You know, they was talking about uh, for instance, they was talking about on Ebro in the morning today, the they was talking about a uh, Doja Cat, right? Mm-hmm. And this dude had uh, tweeted at Rosenberg saying that I can't believe that y'all are saying, because they were saying that Doja Cat, what Rosenberg said, Doja Cat can outrap Kanye and Drake right now. Mm-hmm. And he was, and then this dude said that all she talk about is riding D and nah, 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 all this type of stuff. So they started, they were like, think about Pusha T. He do coke rap. Mm-hmm. That's all he raps about. But we keep going back and we keep listening to Pusha T. Yeah. Even though he's doing the same subject matter, mm-hmm. but it's different bars. Yeah. But it's the same subject. Martin does the same thing. A lot of the time, it's the same subject. But he takes stuff from his life mm-hmm. and just put it on film. Like he was talking about, like how violent his movies are. He was mm-hmm. like, my movies are very violent. But he was like, I grew up, you know, in little it in little Italy, and it was violent. He was like, there were times when he was little where like somebody would announce it, be like, yo, we're gonna go kill somebody at three o'clock. And the parents would come down and tell all their kids to come in the house yeah. at three o'clock, and then they would hear a gunshot and then they'll let the kids go back outside. Yeah. Like, like this is where this is where he grew up at in this part of New York. So it's like yeah, he's like, yeah, I have a lot of violence in my movie, but he was like, that's what I saw. And look, and the thing is, when you have John Singleton come out here with Boys in the Hood, is his first film. Mm-hmm. What does everybody talk about? Oh, look how violent it is! Look how violent it is! All oh, black people are bad. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese has been doing this shit since the seventies, right? But we never gave, you know, what I'm saying, well, people never gave him. Well, maybe they did because I wasn't around. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is like the way that people talked about John Singleton and the Hughes brothers, you know what I'm saying? The Hughes brothers, they, you know, in certain households, everybody wasn't fucking with Minister society. Well, I think, I think the thing is, is with Scorsese, him making mafia movies and everything else, that's, that's a reflection of something that happened in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like, in the fucking nineties and everything else, like it wasn't fucking mafia bosses and everything else shooting motherfuckers in the face in the middle of the street and shit like that, like they used to. So that was a you know what I'm saying, kind of a different thing. 
Um, but I think with movies like Menace to Society and you know what I'm saying, um uh what's the other one? Um Boys in the Hood. Boys um, in the Hood, shit like that. It was a reflection of society at that moment. At that time, yeah. I see you know what I'm saying. saying? Liter- it was literally a reflection of society at that moment, and especially black society at that moment. Um, in those areas, you know what I'm saying, especially, you know what I'm saying, with, with the gang violence and, you know what I'm saying, all that kind of different thing, all that kind of different shit that was going on. So, you know, like, of course, it's going to be an uproar. Of course, it's going to be too violent because now you have to actually watch that movie and then you know this is really going on. So you have to really think about that. At the time that Scorsese is making these mafia films, you don't have to think about that shit no more. Because now, you know what I'm saying, at the time this movie was out, most of them motherfuckers was either locked up or dead. Yeah, you know like Goodfellas is a it's a true story. He he got the story from the snitch. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I'm well, saying. Well, he wrote like, he wrote a book. He wrote a book. He just did the movie off of the book mm-hmm. that the dude that sold everybody out, mm-hmm. he did his story. Like the whole Goodfellas movie, if, if people never seen it. Like the guy that's narrating it, which is you know Ray Liotta, he was yeah. the character that was the snitch. Yeah, when he was in that, when he was in that club laughing while they were smoking them cigars and shit, and he did that laugh. That's the meme now. That shit always cracked me up. No, but, dude, um, this is the thing though. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So I had heard, but I was like, I was watching some stuff on him yesterday because I watched this thing that was like talking about how he directs and all this type of shit, right? Mm-hmm. And I spoke about this. Two weeks ago, on on twenty eight minutes or less, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe three weeks ago when I did the one episode on uh, on the Alchemist, right? Yeah. So there's a song that uh, that Bodie James did called "No Laughing Matter," right? Mm-hmm. And Alchemist always uses samples from from uh, with clips from movies. Yeah. So at the end of the song "No Laughing Matter," he plays the scene from Goodfellas mm-hmm. when Joe Pesci was like. Uh, he was telling the story, and Ray Liotta was like, "Yo, you know, you a funny guy." He's like, "What do you mean I'm funny? I'm like, funny how?" He was like, "No, you know, you just, you know, just a funny guy." He was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, but how am I funny?" He was like, "Is it my voice?" It's like, "Like, what's so funny?" He was like, "I mean, you know, like he was like, you know, he was yeah. discombobulated." And I had heard that that scene, like Joe Pesci. And and Martin kind of had like this little thing where like that was kind of like fucking with Ray Liotta. So mm-hmm. like that was like authentic. Like that was really going like Ray didn't know what was going on. Like he really thought like because he, he's thinking when you look at his face, he looks confused. Mm-hmm. He's really confused. <laughs> he like, he's like, yo, this ain't in the script. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they and they talked about it. In this uh, thing that I was watching on Martin, and and he talked about what I love about my movies. He was like, "I want everything to be authentic." Mm-hmm. And so that reaction that you got out of Ray Liotta and how he was stuttering and, and jumping all over his thing, like that mm-hmm. was real. Like he he didn't know like why Joe Pesci doing this. Like he's staying oh, in character. Yeah, but you know, but he was saying that like that's the type of stuff that he like. He likes the authentic stuff. Like there's a scene in Taxi Driver when when um when Robert De Niro is sitting in the mirror and he's like, like who are you talking to? You know, you, you you know, you talking to me? And he mm-hmm. was like, that was just Robert De Niro just 
freelancing. Yeah. Like looking in the mirror, just like that wasn't like that wasn't in the script. And I like, yeah, like he and and then he said that, um, he said that, that he kept saying like, "Who you talking to?" And he's like the only person in the room. And like Martin was like, he said like he was like behind like the mirror, mm-hmm. and I guess he kind of liked what he was doing. So he said he was back there like, "Say it again, say it again." He was just like, "Who you talking to?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was just sitting there like in the room by himself. So. I think that he just has this this thing of like of stuff being authentic, and then when you look at even a movie, and the reason I'm keep bringing that taxi driver y'all because I was just watching it, like the way that he pictured New York at that time, mm-hmm. it, it was just like it, it it felt so authentic. It was like yo, I I guarantee you this is exactly what New York was like in 1973, 74. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like this steam way- coming up from the sewers, trash yeah. on the street. Oh my god, it looked grimy as hell. Yeah, 100%. it was grimy as hell. And dude, and I did not know, dude, I did not know that was Jodie Foster. Yo, Jodie Foster was in there like she was like eighteen mm-hmm. or some shit. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man, Martin, he he just has a a way of doing things. And I'm not mad at a person that I feel like if you if you master something, like for instance, how many times did Denzel play the cop? Oh, a bunch of times. You know, what I'm saying? Like, yo, you good at it, yo, you good at it. Just keep doing yeah. the shit. Like yeah. I'm not mad at it, and I'm still mad at the fact that one time he got an Oscar, he played a dirty cop. But that's the whole nother. I mean, podcast. But didn't he didn't he play a dirty cop in Devil in the Blue Dress? But Devil in the Blue, Blue Dress was the first time that he was seen as like a sex symbol. Like I don't even think people was even True, really thinking but, about that. But I'm saying, but he was a dirty cop in that movie, though. Man, he was a dirty cop in out of time. He was. That's what I'm saying. He's cop. always playing the dirty cop, the cop. Hey, but this time, but Training Day different though. One, yeah, it was just that one. He just acted his ass. So that that's the thing that baffles me when people say that. Like, bro, he played dirty. I'm like, nigga, every time this nigga has played a cop, he's been either like a conflicted cop or a dirty cop. He's never been True. like a straight laced officer. True, but dude, just that it's just one scene, my guy. Like, it's yeah. just like yeah. I've never seen acting that was yo, like when he was sitting there, man, you motherfuckers. Hey, you gonna do this to Jake? You gonna do this to me? No, no, no. Hey, dude, dude, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in Training Day, and I know we getting off, but one of my favorite scenes in Training Day is when they riding in the car. And he just he just running down the game on them, you know what I'm saying, about being out in the streets and being on patrol and shit like that. Like that type shit, like I could see a dirty ass nigga being a cop and being like, yeah, so like, look, this the game. You know what I'm saying? When we get out here, I'm going to be thinking that shit's sweet. You know what I mean? Get on your shit. Make sure you be looking out. You know what I mean? These motherfuckers, they don't care. Over here, you got da da da. Over there, you know what I'm saying? That type shit. Like, but to me, that was one of my favorite scenes because, like, you could see how authentic he was and really being like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I can't believe they put this motherfucker on assignment with me, man. Like, got this goofy motherfucker with me, man. You gonna blow my shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here doing what, what I'm doing. Okay, now, okay. Now, I know we're going on script, but, dude, I think that was orchestrated that way. I think they wanted him because I think that what he was doing when he was building his team, he had to get them to basically be dirty for mm-hmm. the fact of, like, when he made them smoke. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, when when they, when they killed the dude, he's like, you going to do what I say because if you don't, I'm going to have them run your piss and they're going to see that mm-hmm. you've been high with me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, he, but 
I see what you said. That part was dope, but I just feel like <clears throat> when he yelled out Jake, that wasn't in the script, man. Like, oh, no, no, I think no, that, that was, was kind of yeah, that, that was, was just that's, that's veteran shit for him to scream out Jake at that moment. <laughs> he's like, he said, I will have, he's like, I'm gonna be a sad basketball in public and pay when I get through with you. <laughs> shoe program, nigga. Now, shoe program, nigga. He said, Man, I run shit here, you just live here. I'm like, Yo, boy, this dude, man, I'm telling you. Oh, but anyway, yeah, but okay, so, <laughs> so, um. You know, since Scorsese, man, his vision. That's one of the things I, I really like about Scorsese is his vision. Um, and one particular movie I enjoyed it was uh, Gangs of New York. You know what I'm saying? That was one of those things where, you know, it's at the cusp of America, you know what I'm saying, being this fairly new country, you know what I'm saying? It's still going through its turmoils of... um you know what I'm saying, dealing with war and everything. I think that it was just like right after the brink of the Civil War and shit like that. So like, you know what I'm saying, they was dealing with the, you know what I'm saying, the certain shit with the presidents and all that type of shit. And um, it was just, it to me, it was just one of those things that it embodied what it was like, not just to be in, that, be in New York, but to be in New York in that time period. You know what I'm saying? Like, in one of the scenes, they even went as far as the, like, when they was actually rioting and looting, you know what I'm saying? It was a black dude being strung up on there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that's one of them things that it was authentic. Like, even though we seen in Leo's crew, he had a black dude with him. But you could see how they kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, when he was going to Billy and talking to Billy, how Billy's crew was kind of looking at the black dude. Or even the fact that, you know what I'm saying? When they was all talking, they was kind of disrespecting the Irish and disrespecting all the different, you know what I'm saying, uh, all the other different, you know what I'm saying, nationalities that was there. Because at the time, you know, the Irish and shit wasn't accepted either. You know what I'm saying? The, the You know what I'm saying? It was certain um, it was certain people who weren't accepted because they were Irish or because they were French and shit like that. So, like, when you seen that happen, and you seen the way that they were interacting with any, you know, what I'm saying with, with each other in that time period, like it, it seemed so, you know, so like you said, authentic. It was just like, damn, like if you, know, especially if you know anything about that time, you was just looking like, oh shit, like this is some real shit. Like he really, you know, what I'm saying. And then you know, what I'm saying with the different gangs, how the gangs was, they wasn't like, um, you know, what I'm saying like they were, they were gangs after, you know, what I'm saying the people's last name. You know what I'm saying? They was gangs after, you know what I'm saying, the leader of the, the, they was named after. That's what I'm trying to say. They was named after, you know what I'm saying, the last names of the leader of the gangs where, you know what I'm saying, like you can kind of see that being the, the thing of the time. Like even how when the firemen, they was coming to put out the fire, these motherfuckers got to fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and the shit was just burning down. Like, yeah. like it was just, you know what I'm saying, you could tell like at that time it was like, you know what I'm saying, we getting to see New York in this in its most rawest form before it actually became what it is, you know what I'm saying? And we get to see how it was, you know what I'm saying? Even though you had the governor and the mayor and all that shit, like at any given fucking time, like anybody could have been taken out. Cause it really wasn't any kind of fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like law there. Like, yeah, you had the policeman, man, but the policeman wasn't doing shit, man. The motherfuckers was going at each other. They was having full fledged wars in the middle of Times Square and shit, like it was, it was just crazy, man. And it, and I think the vision that he put into 
Gangs of New York was dope as hell because it also, you know what I'm saying, showed you, you know what I'm saying, a piece of history, but it also gave you this story to where you can really sit back and watch it. And then, you know what I'm saying, the actors that was in it, you know what I'm saying, Leonardo DiCaprio, Cameron Diaz, Daniel Day-Lewis, like, these motherfuckers were brilliant in this movie. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the ones that, um, you know, you kind of appreciate um, the vision. You know what I'm saying? The Aviator was another one. You know what I'm saying? Him and Leo back at it again doing their thing. And just the Aviator with, you know what I'm saying, the whole thing about airplanes and, you know, being a pilot and all this other shit like that. To me, that was it, – it's just dope to see how he'll take a vision – and really just put it on screen and create it on screen to where you either feel like you there or you feel like you know something about this. Yeah, I fought with Games in New York, man. That was just one of those movies that was just that was really different. It was raw, it was authentic. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, it it was one of those movies that I don't remember why I watched it, but I just found it very interesting, man. And to where you get you get stuck on the screen where it's kind of like that was one of those movies that I was speaking about when I was doing the negotiator. Like when that movie came out, there wasn't a lot of distractions at that time. Right. You know, you couldn't really pick up your phone, look at social media, and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? All that type shit. And I think that that was just one of those movies where you could really watch it and you could watch it all the way through. And like you're, you're sitting at the edge of your seat and mm-hmm. you're sitting there thinking like, yo, like, cause the thing about Daniel Day Lewis is a, a lot of people, speak about like how he gets so in depth with a with a character. Yeah, they say he they say he's, they say he's like, a method actor. Like method actor, yeah. Yeah. And like he really, really gets into it. And they was like, yo, like you couldn't like have a conversation with Daniel Day Lewis when he mm-hmm. played that character. They like, said when he, he was, did Lincoln that he was like that. Like nigga, he was really walking around being Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And that was a good movie. Yeah. Um the Lincoln that he did, that was a really good movie. Yeah. Um so a little trivia for you. Did you know that Martin Scorsese taught Oliver Stone and Spike Lee at New York University. I believe it. That's crazy. I mean, but but look at look at the work they've done though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they it, both legends that, too. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't shock me. Like, especially with Oliver Stone, like the shit that he's put on screen, um, just the visuals alone, right? Um with with Spike Lee, you know what I'm saying? The uniqueness of his films, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody knows that unique Spike Lee walkthrough scene where, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it looks like they just stand in there. They, yeah, man. Just like little little things like that, like you expect from, you know what I'm saying, those legendary directors, you expect from those legendary producers. And it's only right that, you know what I'm saying, a guy that was, you know what I'm saying, under the mentorship of or under the teaching of, of Martin Scorsese could come up with something like that to be like, mm-hmm. man, what would make my shit different? What would make my shit pop? And he, you know what I'm saying? Spike Lee create that. And then not even to mention Spike Lee's already a, a, a cinematic genius, you know what I'm saying? As is. So to be able to, you know what I'm saying? Get that in there is, you know what I'm saying? To have that in there, like, <clears throat> Come on, man. You 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 can you could just see it on film. Like anything Spike Lee does to me, um, besides that that Chirac movie, like anything that he's done is like you really can't be mad at it. And then and then think about uh and now you know I hold this movie to a very high regard, but to think about 
now, like just seeing this information, thinking about the movie Platoon, which I said is my number one war movie, to think about what all the authenticness that Oliver Stone had with that movie because he mm-hmm. was actually in Vietnam. Yeah. So he gave us like his personal view of what he experienced there. And when you think about the authentic, like how authentic his movies is, and and for that movie, now it really makes sense of him being under the tutelage of somebody like Martin Scorsese yeah. to have a film. It's, I mean, now Oliver Stone got a lot of films out there, but that's my favorite Oliver Stone movie, mm-hmm. his Platoon, and to see how he, you could tell that that he, he had some conversation with Martin Scorsese. Let's right. say that. Right. And it's, it's just Al- like everything they put out just seems epic. Yeah. It has like that that epic feel to it. Like this they, is they like, got that it factor, man. Yeah, it's, it's like super grandiose, bro. Like even with Spike Lee, like if you if you've ever watched like uh school days, just the fact that you know what I'm saying they had, you know what I'm saying, the the authenticity of the HBCU experience on film. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, there's not a lot of movies, and there's been a lot of movies that there's been, you know what I'm saying, surrounded in the whole HBCU energy and surrounded in the atmosphere of it, but they've never had, it, it never seemed as authentic as something like a school days was, you know what I'm saying? With, you know what I'm saying, with um, Spike Lee's character having to go through, you know what I'm saying, being on the line and having to actually go through the hazing rituals and everything else, him being accepted and him, you know what I'm saying, having that brotherhood amongst, you know what I'm saying, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you know what I'm saying, his fraternity, you know what I'm saying, the, the different women being in the fraternity, I mean, the sororities and talking about which one they wanted to go to, which one they wanted to pick, you know what I mean, like the dudes doing the same thing, you know what I'm saying, the parties, you know what I mean, the, the differences of, Especially at a time with, you know, saying light skinned women, dark skinned women, same thing with the dudes. Um, you know what I'm saying? The the situation with, you know what I'm saying, them, you know what I'm saying, fighting for the African apartheid, that that type of thing, you know what I'm saying? It really it seems like especially when they're doing like pieces in time, it seems like they really capture the moment. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely, man. And and Scorsese has uh directed five films that's been selected to the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress, right? Mm-hmm. Two movies of his was selected in the first year of eligibility, Raging Bull and Goodfellas. Like mm-hmm. it's just like his movies are just they're they're just different. Like I but I think his his <laughs> shooting ability and his vision and how much he loved how authentic things are, but then just giving the people the freedom that he gives them, but the people that he has tied himself to, you know, when it's when it's um, Joe Pesci, mm-hmm. um, De Niro, De Niro, Pacino, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio, Ray Liotta, um, Ray Liotta, yep. So it's just he, man, it's I don't know, man, like. I, I'm with you. I don't think that there's going to be another person. But then, like, the mob stories that he has chosen is just, like, I don't think... Now, don't get me wrong. There's been a Hoffa Hoffa movie before. Like, they've done a movie on Jimmy Hoffa before. But the thing about The Irishman was a lot of people criticized, but I think people was being nitpicky, though. Like, people was nitpicky about the CGI. Mm -hmm. But 
I, I felt what he was trying to do. I think that he was just like, yo, I don't want to bring a younger person to come in and play. I thought the CGI was brilliant. I thought it was too. It's like to instead of to, just to get them to look a little bit younger so they can still do it. And then, you know what I'm saying? You can see them gradually age as the movie went on. Like that was genius. I thought it was too, but people, yeah. people didn't like it. And people also said, yo, man, this movie's over three hours. It's like, I get it. Like the first time I watched it, I had to watch it in pieces. Like I had mm-hmm. to watch, I had to watch like like two hours, then I had to go yeah. back and watch the rest of it later. I had to but, watch a half a half too. Yeah. So, but but to see what he was able to do, but then like man, how legendary these actors are, man. Like mm-hmm. I don't think that now, even though like you know, it, I mean, Joe Pesci is is underrated to the point of this dude totally changed his career. Yeah, like started doing like the Home Alone movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He started doing more. I think it did. My know, cousin Vinny, bro. My cousin Vinny. You know, I heard people talking about it, and I finally watched it for the first time, like mm-hmm. like two months ago. Hilarious. I, it's it it is it is to to think about to think about your cousin being a lawyer, but mm-hmm. he's one of those insurance lawyers. <laughs> Horrible at his job, though. Horrible hey, at his job. But they gradually. Showed yeah. you how how better he got at being a trial lawyer mm-hmm. because he'd never been a trial lawyer before. So I thought that I mean it 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 was it was I I just thought that I just heard people saying that like my cousin Vinny was like phenomenal. And I was like, what phenomenal? You it was remember, good. You got to remember why they're saying that because we talking about Joe fucking Pesci. Like you don't yeah. you don't expect Joe Pesci to play a role like that. You know what I'm saying? Like even him playing even him playing in. Home Alone, he still was kind of playing that same role, but in a funny way. But in My Cousin Vinny, he's playing like a complete comedy role. No, no. And Lethal Weapon 2, my guy. Yes. He is playing a comedy role. Yes. Like that is one yes. of and that yo, Joe Pesci in that movie is hilarious. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> didn't, he have, didn't he have blonde hair in that movie? Or am I thinking yeah, somebody yeah. else? You you might be thinking about somebody. I don't think he had blonde hair in that movie, but but I just think that like even even the people that he that he chose that he chose to attach his career to turned out to be just I mean I don't know man I I just think I just think that that Martin has been he is kind of like. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. He did have more hand that one. <laughs> I know that I wasn't. Tripping, that wasn't that, that wasn't Lethal Weapon two though. Was it? Lethal Weapon three? Oh, oh, okay, okay. I, mean, see, I knew one of them, bro. He had blonde hair in one of the movies. I never forget that. Go ahead. See, I always <laughs> watch two, three, okay. three, and four. I didn't really like. Like my dad, a huge fan of Lethal Weapon. I'm so I, I've never watched a Lethal Weapon movie all the way through. Dude, listen. The first one is the first one is cool, but the second one that's the one. The second one, yo, I cannot get shit. into Riggs and Murtaugh. Dude, I got into Riggs and Murtaugh. Yo, when they put that bomb on that toilet seat, but <laughs> he was sitting on the I toilet for hours. I never believed. I never believed Danny Glover as an action hero, bro. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Mel Gibson, yes. It. Mel Gibson was the one. 
No, bro. Dude, but, he, but, but Danny Glover was also in the damn got he was in the movie, bro. And I never looked at him like he, he even him having a partner like that, like it's some shit to me. The real life version of that is if some shit happened, Mel Gibson's character go crazy, Danny Glover character have a heart attack. <laughs> he was like 60 years old in that movie. Hey, but you is stupid, but <laughs> yo, listen. Okay, so we gotta do this. Um so, Martin Scorsese has been nominated for 283 awards, mm-hmm. 170 wins. Hey. So. I mean, it's, it's, it's just. It's definitely just. I mean, like, look at if you look at his, his work, his filmography, like, just I'm, I just want to go and just name a few. And these are the ones that I know for certain, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? I'll start off with Taxi Driver, right? Raging Bull. And then, um, let me see. Goodfellas. Cape Fear. Um, Casino. Uh, Gangs of New York. The Aviator. The Departed. Um, Shutter Island. Come on now, we did we did a, a episode on that, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Boardwalk Empire, you know what I'm saying? He did an episode of Boardwalk Empire, um, Hugo, which was a was a children's movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, Street of Dreams. Uh, I'm not not Street of Dreams, sorry, The Wolf of Wall Street, um, and then The Irishman was the last one I watched from from Scorsese. But I mean, like if you just go down nose alone. You know what I'm saying? That'll just let you know just how well his, you know what I'm saying, his filmography is. Like, that's amazing just to have those movies under your belt. Man, you you are not I mean, kidding. Clo- I'm sorry, Clockers. I forgot but, about Clockers. But um, then, dude, think about this. Dude, he directed Michael Jackson videos. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Also got to consider that. I mean, like he—he's. I mean, the family. The family was a great movie too. That was actually funny. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like he's done some. He's done some amazing work. And the fact that he's had a chance to, you know, what I'm saying, put out that number of—I <clears throat> don't want to instantly jump to the word classics, but just the, like those are like solid joints, uncut gems. Once we were brothers. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like those are like solid, solid joints that a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, would like they would pay to have that shit um in their catalog. Like, I mean, people would probably sell their soul to have those movies, especially <laughs> all of those joints, and they would probably sell their soul to have that in their catalog. And he's done you know what I'm saying? Just that. Like it's not a it's not a lot of people. Like if we had a movie versus, it's not a lot of people that could go toe to toe with him. Man, you ain't kidding. At Whew. all. So what what are we doing? We're doing top three or top five. What, what, what uh, are we, we doing? Can do top three. We can do top, top three. three? Yeah, okay. you go ahead and take it, man. Oh, I'm up first. Um well definitely on uh, Goodfellas. Um, no particular order. Goodfellas, uh the departed. Mm-hmm. Ah, one left, one left. Um, damn, man, this is tough. 
Cause I I want I want I want to say casino, but me and you had that conversation about casino and Goodfellas, so I'm trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like they they do kind of feel like the same movie. Mm-hmm. Um, damn man, I don't know though, man. Casino's my shit. Man, that's my that's my fucking shit. I'm sorry, man. I I gotta go with Goodfellow Casino and The Departed, man. I got to, man. Oh yeah, I feel you. But I'm but I'm saying, but but what's the name of close? Look, Taxi Driver's close. Mm-hmm. Gangs of New York is close. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, mm-hmm. and look, man. Even though it was long, I fuck with the uh with Irish, the Irish man. Yeah, that shit was genius, man. Um, I'm gonna go Casino, Gangs of New York. And then I'm gonna go with Shutter Island. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I knew that those was those three, like casino first and foremost, Casino is one of my all time favorite movies. I don't care when I don't care when it's on, I don't care what scene it's on, I'm going to watch it the the rest of the way. I'm going to watch it as soon as it comes on. Casino is my joint. Shout out to my man Sam Rothstein. Um Yeah, we did casino. Yeah, we did casino. Yeah. Definitely did casino. We did Shutter Island. Um you know what I'm saying? That's another one that we did. Um, but Gangs of New York is also one of my all-time favorite movies because, like I said, it just it encapsulates that time period, um, especially with everything that, you know what I'm saying, we we know the the East to be in that time. Um, you know what I'm saying? With the arrival of immigrants and everything else, like to see the the realness of an immigrant coming in around that time and them being treated a different way and them being looked at a certain way and everything else, like not necessarily, you know what I'm saying? How we see it nowadays, but we actually get a chance to see how, you know what I'm saying? What it could have been like in that time period. I think that was genius. And then, I mean, Shutter Island, like, come on, bro. You talking about one of the greatest psychological thrillers of all time to me. Like, it, if when to me when I show that movie to people that like for the first time because it's still people that haven't even seen this shit yet, so when I show this movie to people that seen it for the first time, they be in amazement. Like yo, I didn't know what the hell was going on, and to see how it ends is crazy. So yeah, like those are my joints right there. Casino, you know what I'm saying? Gangs of New York, Shutter Island, hands down. I'm with you. Look, I'm I am not mad at it. Uh, I know when it comes to Shutter Island, like that was one of those. If y'all if y'all want to hear me, like be amazed about something, mm-hmm. because I had seen Shutter Island before we did that podcast, and then I watched it again, mm-hmm. you know, for the podcast, and then like I still interpreted it the way that I interpreted it, but then like once we got to talk about it and you start going in depth with some shit, oh, yeah. like you can hear me, like I had like my tone changed to everything throughout <laughs> yeah. the podcast. Because I was like, you see, that's that's and that's why I say to me that's it's one of those like that's why it's one of the greatest you know what I'm saying movies you can watch because, um, especially as far as psychological thrillers goes, because there's so many different angles you can take in that movie. And there's so many different ways you can look at that movie and come out and be like, you know, what? I think really what happened is, you know what I'm saying? Or you can interpret it in, in so many different ways. And it's one of those things that, like, you, 
especially you know what I'm saying like nowadays like we don't have those movies to where like right after the movie go off we can instantly just talk about it you know what I'm saying like we yeah. had movies like get out that done that you know what I'm saying Re- well as recent as possible but it's not like a lot of movies that's been out lately that we could do that with that's one of those movies that I don't care how many times I watch it whoever I watch it with like we instantly get into a conversation about that movie and that's what I love so much about that movie cuz it is thought provoking and it makes you you know what I'm saying have those conversations it makes you have those ideas and it makes you you know what I'm saying get into that and I I really appreciate that about movies like that man you know First of all, we haven't done any Jordan Peele movies on here. Um, we might, I mean, we might have to do Get Out, bro, because Get Out. Was um, yeah, it was, and I actually watched uh, Us not too long ago. I was showing it to my old lady. Us is she, not that bad now that I rewatched it. It, it. Yeah, when you when you really rewatch it and and see, yeah, and what like once that twist hits you, you like, yeah. oh shit, yeah. you know it's what I'm saying? Bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. Um, but. Uh, I had a point. My son came in and said something to me. <laughs> um, but but yeah, man. Um, I think that Martin, the the way that he viewed things, I think that we we're going to be able to take some of the films that he's done. I think that if you take if you show somebody that wants to be a filmmaker, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. be like, yo, watch Martin Scorsese movies. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would tell them, yo, watch Taxi Driver, yo, like. Yeah. Taxi Driver is it, it got the acclaim that it deserves, mm-hmm. and, and it was one of it was one of those movies. Like I think what it was, I think I was listening to rapper for it. He he just kept talking about Taxi Driver. I was like, man, I need to watch Taxi Driver. So I watched Taxi mm-hmm. Driver, and I'm like, yo, like, but I'm also one of those people where I can watch him because some people can't get you know 2022 out of their mind you know what right. i'm saying like when you watch a period movie like you you have to think in that period like mm-hmm. you have to think yo 70s it ain't no cell phones you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying you, they, they, you know there ain't no cgi like there's ain't just, no like, internet ain't none of that yeah. shit. so it's like you have to think like you have to kind of put yourself there and realize like yo you know what I'm saying? This dude got to go to the to the payphone to make this phone call. Like I yeah. remember when we were talking about um one of the episodes of Snowfall, and you was like, "Yo, man, why you won't just hit? Wasn't it? Oh yeah, I forgot you got to go to a payphone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's kind of like you have to put yourself in those times. And I think that to really, I think that people that appreciate films, mm-hmm. I think that they, I think they'll get it. But that's that's just one of those movies, man. But see, Snowfall is shot so beautifully, like you forget that we are in the fucking eighties. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not one of those shows that shot like the eighties. Like nigga, you forget that you watching the show about the fucking eighties. Like I would, what I would do though with a lot of people, especially somebody who's up and coming, I would definitely tell them to watch Scorsese, one hundred percent. Um, and I, I wouldn't just. I don't think I could pick a movie. I would just tell them just to watch as many Scorsese movies as they can and pay attention to the details that's added in the, you know what I'm saying, in the in the movies. Like, for instance, with, and I know I keep going back to it, but this is one of those ones that just fascinated me, was Gangs of New York. How when they was going to war, they had a little little kid drumming, and then they had another little kid holding the flag, right? Mm-hmm. And then... They would they would go into battle or whatever. They would get busy. After they get done, they piece it up. But then they tell them, "Yo, for whatever kill you made, get your spoils now." And then they would help them put the bodies up 
and, and carry the bodies on, you know what I'm saying, after the after the war. And then the next month, and like whoever lost just had to fucking capitulate to, you know what I'm saying? I mean, whoever lost had to capitulate to whoever won. But it was just like they had rules of engagement in that time. Yep. And it made sense. Like, yo, this is like, it's amazing just to be able to see those actions. You know what I'm saying? So like those details definitely play a part. And I will also tell them, man, go watch black exploitation films. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where these independent film artists was actually having to do it themselves and actually having to put these films together because that's one of those things that, you know what I'm saying, I, I see and I and me personally, I love black exploitation films. But like just the the way that they were shot, you know what I'm saying? The the type of like the the greatest thing I've seen like in a long time was black dynamite. Just the fact that black dynamite was shot the way it was shot, it looked so authentically like you know what I'm saying, like it was a black exploitation film, even though it was, but it really wasn't. But it definitely was shot the way you know what I'm saying, like the boom mic. You can see a boom mic here and there. You know what I'm saying, like the sound of it, the the they flicking the pan to make the thunder sound or whatever, like just little shit like that. It, I just always thought it was dope. Or even the you know what I'm saying when they punch somebody and they go, Psh! you know what I'm saying, shit like yeah. that. Yeah, like that type of shit about those movies always, you know what I'm saying, kept me watching. And then, you know what I'm saying, just the way that they were shot, like somebody be, you know what I'm saying, going through something and then just like zoom in like all up in that motherfucker face and you'd be like, God damn, like <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker's all on that man's face. But it's just like it those type of things is, you know what I'm saying, those are the type of things I would tell people to go watch because you know what I'm saying, when you can get the basics like that, like you can shoot anything between that and Scorsese. Like you can make a movie and, and make that motherfucker look amazing. Yeah, man. And, oh, uh, and, oh, what was I going to say? He talked about an interview where it coming up on the seventies, how it was hard to make a film. Mm-hmm. And he said the only reason he was able to even get taxi driver, even funded was because, of Robert De Niro performance in um in Main Street. Yeah. He was like if he would have tried to do that movie without Robert De Niro, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And like I bring that up because you were talking about the black exploitation films because ho- Hollywood was going through a, a tough tough time. Like yeah. it was hard of you know people funding movies and he was saying that the only movies that was being greenlighted was because of like one, like you had to have one big name in the movie, but mm-hmm. also those black exploitation films, which we did in the pre, I think, yeah, our last appreciation episode was Melvin Van Peebles. Yep. So if y'all want to hear more about that, you can go back in the archive. I try to tell y'all, man, man, this archive is deep, man. You yeah, man, go we, back got some and joints. we got some joints. Yeah. And, we, and we got some joints about some serious names, man. Like, if you ain't never heard of Melvin Van Peebles, do your research. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the guys who, uh, you know what I'm saying? He He's done some very, very serious work politically. Um, and he's put some work on film that, you know, to this day, man, like he's made shit happen. You know what I'm saying? So much so where his son is even, you know what I'm saying, in the mix that way too. So, yeah, you got to, you got to, you know what I'm saying, do your part. Go back and listen to those episodes. Go check those episodes out. You know what I mean? Um, even if you just listen to the appreciation joints, regardless, you know what I'm saying? Go just go check them out. We got some great names on those appreciation joints. 
And um, or even if you're just picking the movies that you like, you know what I mean? Go do that, you know. But definitely go check those episodes out. Excuse me, you ready for, sure, for uh, sure. coming soon, bro? Yes, sir. Coming soon. Coming soon. All right, man. Y'all know what it is. Coming soon. Next episode, man. The last and final episode. That's redundant in the motherfucker. The last episode of season five of Snowfall, man. Episode 10. This is where, you know what I'm saying, it's supposed to be crazy. A bunch of shit is supposed to be happening. And, of course, you already know they're going to leave us on a cliffhanger for episode six. So just be prepared for it, ladies and gentlemen. But we are definitely going to um, talk about it, you know what I'm saying, this next episode. We're going to get into it. And um, we're going to see where uh, they, le- they they leave us hanging. So y'all, you know what I'm saying, make sure y'all check that out. Make sure y'all watch Snowfall too, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? You can get in there with us and chat it up with us after you listen to the episode. Um, yeah, we're going to have some fun, man. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, it's one of those uh, sad but happy times, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is one of the things that we do uh, every Friday when the, when these episodes come out. Um, we got to, uh, at some point, find another show um, yeah, to do this too. But it also got to be a show that that is... I was about to say positive. Um, mm. Popper. It's got to be yeah. something where the people going to be like, oh, okay, this this show is what's up. And like, maybe, it's going to have to be one. Maybe we can, maybe we can do uh, one that's popular and then one that's not so popular. Let's see if we can put some people on to something new. True, true. Because I mean, look, that's what I do. Do most of the shit, I'm going to be honest with you, most of the shit that I do on goddamn 28 Minutes or Less don't be the most popular shit. It'd be the shit that I fuck with and I'm trying to put you on. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, yeah. So that's that's a lot of the shit that I do. But um, hey man, don't feel bad. I put people on the Velocipaster, so we good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, but yeah, um, but yeah, you stupid, man. Uh, nah. hey, man you, can't, you can't lie, so you ain't laugh at that shit, man. I did. I, I know did. you did, bro. I know you did. I did, but uh. But yeah, I'm yeah, I'm sorry, y'all kids keep coming in here talking to me. But yeah, so I'm 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 happy about it, man. But yeah. but I think but what that but what it does though, to be honest with you, it, it gives us more opportunity to uh to do some shit like that one episode that we've been talking about for a long mm-hmm. time. It's finally mm-hmm. coming up. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We've been telling y'all about it for a while. Movies in 1999 is coming up soon, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's gonna be a fun ass episode, man. Uh, so we'll be at, and we've been coming up with more creators' ideas behind mm-hmm. the scenes that uh, that we want to try. You know, other than just doing you know movies and films and documentaries and appreciation episodes, we're trying to throw some different shit in there. Like we did the yeah. uh, the top ten TV series. You know, we ain't sure. done that type of thing on this podcast, so. We did the top movies of the previous year mm-hmm. for the first time at the beginning of this year. So we're trying to come up with some different shit for y'all. So, uh, but yeah, when we don't have uh, a episode to do on Fridays, we can do more creative shit with this with this space. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. But yeah, but I'm ready for it though. Yeah, me too, man. So, um, listen, if you guys love this episode or, you know what I'm saying, you, you loved any of the previous episodes or if you hated any of the previous episodes or this episode, feel free to hit us up on the socials, man. IG and Twitter 
at Viewing9Pod on Facebook, VA Pod Watch Group. You know what I'm saying? Let us know how you're feeling. Don't forget to leave a review for us on Apple. We, uh, you know what I'm saying, greatly appreciate that. Um, that helps us, you know what I'm saying, spread the news and spread the word that we out here. And um, uh, follow me, man, uh, at Scoots Bronson on Twitter. And then if you go on my uh, bio, I got a, a, a link, tree link. Or you can just hit that link tree link and uh it'll send you everywhere else, man. My OnlyFans is coming along. So, you know what I'm saying? If y'all want to check me out on the OnlyFans, not me, but if you want to check out <laughs> what I'm doing on the OnlyFans, uh <laughs> you know what I'm saying, go That's to fun. the link tree. If you do want to check me out though, feel free. If you want to pay for it for sure, I'll send it to you. So yeah. Yeah, that is so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if somebody was thinking like, "What?" But like, well, "What you doing on OnlyFans?" Yeah. Um, I mean, if but- if you pay for it, I I do it. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah. I got some shit to put on there. Don't 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 think I don't. That's fucking funny. <laughs> uh, so uh, y'all can find me at uh, s foster eight on Insta- on Instagram and Twitter at twenty eight minutes or less pie on IG. Um. Find the podcast on all major platforms. Just put out a new episode. Um, I did The Negotiator, but I've been telling everybody one of my top three, top five movies of all time. Um, I just got inspired, man. I just watched it, and I was like, man, you know what? I got a pod about it, man. So mm-hmm. uh, so I put that out and my thoughts on that. And also, I went into a very, what I thought was very interesting conversation about people that just do the job of being a negotiator. Like I just think that's like, a very well, you got to be a very well, well-minded person to do that. But um, yeah, um, shit, we just did a, a movie like that with Inside Man. Yeah, we did Inside yeah. Man with uh, Denzel Washington, Jodie Foster. Yep. We did uh, Clive Owen. We did that shit a couple of episodes. Hey, listen, back. man, we 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 be on it all, man. We be on. That's all what I'm saying, man. That's yeah. what I'm saying, man. We, we do this shit. But yeah, uh, go find it on all major platforms. Episode eighty-two. So appreciate everybody. Yes, sir. And see, that's the beauty of it all, man. Like, y'all get the, the movies and joints here, and then you go to 28 Minutes or Less and get all the other joints and movies and docs and TV shows there. Like, man, we just giving y'all hella content. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Hella, hella content. And it's beautiful. Also, man, um, I forgot to tell y'all, you know what I'm saying, once it warms up here in Ohio, hopefully the sun decides to come a little bit closer soon. Um, Immaculate Bros is coming back. Immaculate Bros is coming back. I've already got the word from my little cousins. They said that they can't wait to do it. So, you know what I'm saying? There's going to be some videos on there. So if you get the chance, go to the Immaculate Bros YouTube, subscribe now. This has got a, we, uh, got a lot of new content that we're going to be shooting. We got some cool stuff that we're going to be doing. Um, I think I already said it on here before, but we're supposed to be doing the um, the kick challenge where we're supposed mm-hmm. to be punting and kicking field goals. Yeah, that shit, to me, I think that's going to be the, the funnest one. But it's a lot more stuff that we're going to be doing, too. So, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Get on there. Subscribe now. Subscribe now. Subscribe now. Hit them up on all their socials, at Immaculate Bros. Let them know y'all ready for the content. And um, tell them Scoot sent you. And uh, with that being said, man, thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. We, You know what I'm saying? It's always greatly appreciated. Um, and uh, like I said, Hollywood, man, that is a wrap. Cut. <laughs>